0: Welcome to Eight with Eight, a podcast from Ohio State Support Team Eight, where we share what's on our minds and what's in the research from the field of education. In our last episode, we talked with educational journalist, Natalie Wexler, about the importance of background knowledge in reading comprehension. It was such a thought-provoking conversation. And if you haven't heard it, I strongly recommend that you go back and take a listen. In today's episode, you'll hear from Annette, our regional early literacy specialist, and Chris, one of our school improvement consultants, as they spend some time debriefing and unpacking some of the really important takeaways from our interview with Natalie. They'll also go a little deeper into the importance of vocabulary instruction as well. Hi,
1: I'm Annette, and I'm here today with my colleague and friend, Chris. We're going to talk about two concepts that play an important role in comprehension.
2: Hi Annette. Hi. You know, that interview that you had with Natalie Wexler for our first episode of our literacy podcast season was jam-packed with information. You know, out of everything she talked about, I was wondering what kind of stuck out for you as you spoke with her.
1: Yeah, Chris. She really sparked our interest on what changes we can make to improve reading comprehension with our students. During the interview with Natalie, she she focused on like why background knowledge and vocabulary are such big components of comprehension. Yeah, I'm wondering, uh, you may be familiar with her most recent books, The Knowledge Gap. And then she also co-wrote The Writing Revolution with Judith Hockman about the, the Hockman writing
2: method. You know, I'm, I am familiar with The Knowledge Gap. I have read that one, found it really, really interesting, but I am not as familiar with the um, book that she wrote with The Writing Revolution. That's interesting. I might need to check into that.
1: Yeah, definitely do so. It's, it's great how writing really connects to building that background knowledge and supporting comprehension, All right? So also just to let you know, Natalie mentioned in her book and during our conversation, this analogy that building background knowledge is like Velcro. And that comment really stuck with me. No pun intended. Oh, very funny. (laughs) She explained the more knowledge a child starts with, the more likely she is to acquire more knowledge. Like the child will then read more and understand and retain information better because the knowledge is
2: like Velcro. It sticks best to other related knowledge. You know, that makes me think about um, something we've talked about for a while. I know you're familiar with it. I'm sure many of the listeners are familiar with it, but it's called the Baseball Study by mm-hmm. Rick and Leslie in 1988. And they found something very, very similar. Uh, they had studied four groups of students. And so with these four groups, there were two groups that had high reading ability, two groups that had low reading ability. The difference was one of the high reading ability groups had high knowledge of baseball. The other one had a low knowledge. And then same thing with the low reading ability. One had high knowledge about baseball. The other had a low knowledge about baseball and the students in these four groups, what they did was read a passage about baseball, and then took a test of their comprehension. And what they discovered was that knowledge of baseball played a huge role in student success on the assessment. Uh, They found that students that had that low reading ability, but the high knowledge performed almost equally as well as the students with the high reading ability and that high knowledge. And both those groups scored between an 80 and 90% on that comprehension test. And then kind of just the opposite, they found that the two reading groups with the low knowledge of baseball, whether it was low reading ability or high reading ability, they did not perform well on that comprehension test at all, regardless of their reading ability. Both groups scored between a 40 and a 50%. So I'm so glad, Chris, that you had mentioned this baseball study. Because hearing those
1: results um, had me thinking about a study um, that I had seen as well. Um, so it really puts, the hearing your study really puts a new perspective and focus on why teaching background knowledge is important to a student's ability to comprehend and why it's important to, to reach at all grade levels. And this is that study that I'm thinking about um, that Nellie mentioned in her book. It includes preschoolers. So think about it, preschoolers, um, how we can build that background knowledge even at that age. Um, So the study was um, a mix of preschoolers of different socioeconomic backgrounds. And the researchers had read a book about birds. And this was, um, they chose that topic. It was predetermined that higher income kids that they already knew a lot about that topic. So when they tested comprehension, the wealthier children did significantly better. But then they went in another direction. They read a story about a subject neither group knew anything about. They read it about a made-up animal called wugs. And believe it or not, the comprehension outcome was essentially the same. So this tells us that it wasn't a skill gap, it was a knowledge gap. Uh, So keep in mind, I don't wanna shy away from the importance of text readability. The ability to to decode text is important, but we also wanna consider a student's awareness of the subject that supports
2: comprehension by building that background knowledge. Yeah, that is fascinating, regardless of the age group having an understanding of the, that background knowledge of something that you can connect that information to is is hugely important you know and and while i'm i'm thinking about background knowledge it makes me also tie in vocabulary into that because i can't help but think that knowing the meanings of words would aid in comprehension because it's kind of like having some background knowledge about the words that you're reading And I know in the Ohio standards, uh, they talk about receptive and expressive vocabulary. I was wondering if you could mention a little bit more about this.
1: Sure, Chris, yeah. Explicitly teaching vocabulary is high on our list. And um, as teachers do that, they can really build that background knowledge for our students to increase that reading comprehension. Um, When thinking about that receptive and expressive vocabulary, what we want to focus on is how well a student actually understands the word. So I'm going to walk through an example and an activity in a moment. Um, so just to give you an idea of like the knowledge or vocabulary knowledge of a, of a word or your students, you can kind of gauge them based on this continuum. So starting with receptive knowledge, um, that's with you know what you hear, is that you might might hear or read a word and you would think, "hmm, I have no idea what that word means, or I have heard of the word, or I can recognize it in context. And then you can make this shift into expressive language or expressive vocabulary, meaning that you own the word. Uh, When you own the word, you understand what the word means while reading or listening and when speaking and writing. So when you come across um, spoken word or written word, your knowledge will fall within this continuum. So let's do a little activity. You ready?
2: Sure, let's, let, let's, let's try this.
1: Okay, so in a moment, I'm gonna say a word. And I want you to think about how well you know the word, thinking of that, of that continuum. You have no idea what the word means, or you've heard of the word, or you, if you saw it in context, you'd be like, oh, I can get it, or you own it, you know it, you um, use it in your everyday language um, by writing and reading um, and talking speaking. So the word
2: is nefarious. Nefarious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's see. I certainly have heard of the word and I'm fairly certain that if I saw it in context, I, I would know what it was, but I'm not sure that's something I use in everyday language or speaking and or writing. So That's kind of where I am with that. Could you use that maybe in a sentence and I can tell you if I can maybe figure it out?
1: Sure. Well, nefarious is actually a describing word, an adjective, and it means wicked or criminal. And here's a sentence. So the nefarious bully
2: would often steal lunch money and kick sand in children's faces. Yep, I definitely would have would have probably figured most of that out if i read it in context but now hearing that it was an adjective and that it's describing the actions of somebody I think I could own that word moving forward sure yeah
1: yeah well we know chris that you could definitely decode it no problem um, but and probably you've heard it in various contexts in your lifetime um but you know really owning it and using it. From this day forward, you will be doing it. <laughs> I will. All right. So, just to, um, put it together. Like developing these solid word recognition skills is, you know, a really the first step in reading. So we want to get that decoding down uh, because one cannot understand something they can't decode. But once that code has been cracked, building that vocabulary is really a key component to reading comprehension.
2: You know, kind of hearing about background knowledge and vocabulary reminds me of this quote from Natalie Wexler, where she states, the most important factor in determining whether readers can understand a text is how much relevant vocabulary or background knowledge they have. And based on our conversation today, that really is making a lot of sense to me. So for those who are listening, I would like to encourage you, regardless of the role that you play in a district or a building, to really kind of seek out opportunities to where you can incorporate building background knowledge and vocabulary, either into lessons or, you know, talking about that in conversations you have around planning for a highly effective instruction.
1: Okay. Yeah. With that in mind, listeners, please join us in our upcoming podcasts. Our literacy consultants will be discussing vocabulary and providing more information on vocabulary instruction, including some before, during, and after strategies. So listeners, if you like this podcast, be sure to check out our State Support Team 8 YouTube channel, Literacy playlist for webinars to learn more about vocabulary instruction. Thanks for chatting with me today, Annette. Thank you, Chris.
0: And that's it for another episode of 8 with 8. If this intrigued you and you want to learn more, Head over to our website. You know it now. It's sst8.org/podcast.aspx. We've uploaded some videos that give some great examples of vocabulary instruction and take you even deeper into a framework for teaching reading comprehension. Until next time, remember, knowledge is like Velcro. So let's be sure to give something that students can really attach their new learning to and join us next week as we share what we call some before strategies, which help activate students' prior knowledge and set a purpose for reading. See you soon.